0: Well, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us this morning. As, as Brian just said, we're kicking off a new series on generosity, living generously. And, and so before you, you kind of like, oh my goodness, here he comes. He's going to talk to us about tithing and stewardship and giving and all that. That's coming. But before we get to that, what we're going to focus on today is who we actually give to when we give. I don't know about you, but as a younger believer, there was a lot of times when I would give, I would think, okay, I'm giving to the church. I'm giving to the building. I'm giving for the staff. I'm giving for missions. All that is well and good. But in reality, who I'm actually giving to is my father. See, what the title of the day is called a generous father. See, because what we are literally supposed to be doing is being a reflection of the image of our father, a generous father, a father who gives all the time. See, as our son, we have, we have, uh, some children, four children, our oldest son, Gavin, uh, him and his wife, Courtney, uh, they gave birth to a son in January. His name is Noah. Now, the reason why this is important is because it is our first grandson. We have three beautiful granddaughters, love them dearly. But I'll be telling you, as a dad, I was like looking for a grandson. It was kind of like, okay, we, the granddaughters were good. Now it's, it's time to have a son. And so in January, they had their first son. His name is Noah. And the other day when we were, uh, had them over, we were playing with them in the pool. And we were hanging out, and I was getting to hang out with Noah. And Noah was splashing in the water, and I was laughing, and I was cutting up. He was laughing. He was cutting up. It was just a great time. And then all of a sudden, I began to think about our son, Gavin, and I began to think about what is Noah going to be like? Is he going to grow up like his dad? Is he going to grow up like his papa? Is he going to reflect any of the image that we have? Is he going to walk in the steps that we've walked? Is he going to do any of those things? Now, I'm going to tell you, there's a lot of my steps I don't want my grandson Noah walking in, but there are a lot by God's grace that I would love for my grandson to walk through and the same as his father. And see, when we begin to look at all of our children, we begin to go, well, you look like your mom, you look like your dad. But in reality, what we're saying is you are reflecting your parents. Now we make a lot of mistakes. We mess up a lot, but our heavenly father never messes up, never makes a mistake. And so in reality, what we should be doing in everything that we do is reflecting the image of our heavenly father. So when we talk about generosity, when we talk about giving, the best example that I could come up with is our heavenly father. I want to be like him. I want to reflect his image in everything that I do. And I especially want to reflect his image in my giving because I want to be a generous Father as my father is generous. And so when we look at it today, what we're going to focus on is who we give to. And that is our father. So if you'll stand with me as we read God's word and turn with me to Proverbs three, and we're going to read two short verses, Proverbs three, verses nine and 10, Proverbs three, verses nine and 10. It said in nine, verse nine, honor the Lord from your wealth. And from the first of all your produce, so your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. Father, we come to you this morning thanking you for an incredible day. Thank you for the privilege it is to come into your presence. Pray now that you would speak through me, that the hearts and the ears will be open to hear directly from you. Holy Spirit, move in this place. Shake us today. Father, like we've never been shaken before. I pray all of this in the name of your son, Jesus, for we can do all things to him which strengthens us. Amen. You may be seated. As I, as I said, what we're gonna focus on is the reflected image of, of God, his, his image, our heavenly father. Now, the passage that I just read, if you back up a few verses or a few passages, what that is talking about is trusting in the Lord, trusting in the Lord with everything you have. See, a lot of times what we wanna do is we wanna say, I trust in the Lord, but yet when it comes to my finances or my material possessions, that's what I hang on to. And how crazy is that to think, to say, I trust you with everything, but I don't trust you with that. Many of you guys know my story. I've shared it many times of the heart attacks that I've gone through and, and even the heart second heart attack that I had where I'm laying on the floor, cannot speak to anyone. My wife is over me. The ambulance is coming. I'm thinking at this moment, this is gonna be my last breath on earth. And it was at that moment that I heard the Lord say, Speak to me these words. And he said, you trust me with your heartbeat. Trust me with everything. He says, you trust me with your heartbeat. The heartbeat in your chest. It's beating right now. Every single one of us that's in this room or watching online right now. Your heart is beating and you have no control over it. You are trusting God for it. And that's what he shared with me. I control it. So if you trust me with the most important organ in your body, trust me with everything. And that included my finances. See, I think a lot of times we have issues with giving, we have issues with trusting with our finances. And it's not necessarily about, well, I don't trust the staff or it's the the, the church or the building. It's a relationship issue. It's your fellowship with your father. And I believe one of the reasons why a lot of us struggle in that is because we did not have the best example of a father from our earthly father. Unfortunately, in the Western culture today, we make it okay to think you don't need a father. And there's a lot of people that think, I'm, if I am a father, I don't, I'm not that important. And all that is is a lie straight from hell. If you're here this morning and you live through an abusive situation with your father or you live in a situation where your father left you or rejected you or you never knew your father. And because of that, you've built up some strongholds in your life where you you feel like you cannot trust anybody, that you have to do everything on your own. You have a survival mentality Or you're looking at it and going, I'm going to reject you, Father, before you reject me because you've been rejected. Or maybe you're just not going to trust because you don't think he's going to be there because your earthly father was not. For that, I am truly, truly sorry. But I want to read a verse to you because I want you to hear this as a believer in Jesus Christ. If you're dealing with that stronghold, it's time to walk in freedom. In Romans 8:15, it says this, For you have not received a spirit of slavery leading to fear again, but you have received a spirit of adoption as sons by which we cry out, Abba, Father, you as a believer have been adopted. And it's time that we walk in that freedom. That we as believers literally believe that I have been adopted by a generous father, by a loving father, that a father that will never leave me, a father that will never fail me, a father that will never reject me, a father that will never abuse me. A father that will be there and take care of me. That is our father as believers. And you need to walk in that freedom. If you're not walking that freedom today before you leave, let it go. Walk in the freedom. Break the chains. Jesus died for you. Shed his blood for you. Because you'll never be able to live generously unless you fully comprehend the love of a generous father that he has for you. And so if we're going to live generously and we're going to reflect the image of a generous father. We have to do some things. The first thing we have to do is we have to acknowledge him. Look at verse nine. Acknowledge him. It says, honor the Lord. Real simple. Honor the Lord, his lordship. Think about that for a moment. He is either Lord over all, Or he's not Lord at all. He cannot be Lord over part of your life and not Lord over all of your life. It's all or nothing. He is over everything. And I love the word there that says to honor, to bring glory, to praise, to exalt God. In the name he says, honor the Lord. The word there in Hebrew is Jehovah. It means eternal, self-existing one. I want you to think about this for a second. As the scribes would write out the scriptures and they would come to this name, Jehovah, before they would write this name, they would set the pen down, wash the pen, and they would walk away and ceremonially wash themselves to cleanse themselves before writing the name of Jehovah. We flippantly Use the name Jehovah. We flippantly walk in to praise the name Jehovah. These men, these writers, would stop everything to cleanse themselves. Before even writing the name of Jehovah. Why? Because they acknowledged him that he is Lord of all, that he is Lord over all, and then he controls life. He gave you life, he breathed life into you, he gives you the heartbeat, he controls it all, and he's over everything. That is your father. That's who we give to. It's not a building, it's a father. Now, if that doesn't get you excited enough, I want you to look at this. It says to acknowledge him. It says in Proverbs 3, 6, in all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. Acknowledge means to know. Do you know your father? To experience your father? To perceive your father? To have a relationship with your father? Do you know this father? If you did, you would know he's a generous father and you would give everything to him. I love this passage here. This one I get excited about. If I don't get excited, I get excited about this one. I don't know about you, but we're gonna get excited about this one. Second Chronicles seven, one through three says this. Now when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices and the glory of the Lord filled the house. The priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house all the sons of Israel seeing the fire come down and the glory of the Lord upon the house bowed down on the pavement with their faces to the ground and they worshiped and gave praise to the Lord saying, truly he is good. Truly his loving kindness is everlasting. Get that picture for a moment. The glory of the Lord, the fire came down. We would totally freak out. But I want the Lord to shake us to the point that we are Filled with the Holy Spirit. To know that the glory of the Lord shone down. It was the the temple was the interaction between the heaven and the earth. And the people were there that they couldn't even enter in to the temple. Couldn't enter in because of the glory of the Lord filled the temple. So what did they do? What time do you wanna go to lunch? No. What does it say they did? They bowed down on the pavement. They got down on their knees and they worshiped and they praised the holy God, Jehovah God. They praised him. Now, why am I telling you this? Because you guys get it. I'm going to open up here. This is my quiet time. I don't know when the last time was I got on my face in my house, much less on the pavement. And the Lord broke me. He said, you're not acknowledging me. You're not acknowledging who I am. If you truly acknowledge who I am, you would have joy written all over you. People, when was the last time we just stopped? Just stopped. Our busy lives. And just got down on our knees, on our faces, and cried out to the Lord, you are Jehovah. You are the one. And acknowledging who he is. That's what they did. But what's even better about that? If it gets any better, as cool as that would be, it's not better than the Holy Spirit living inside of us. See, this past week, we got to go and shoot off fireworks with our, with our children. And, 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 and it's been a long time since we've done that. Because the last time we did it, we about burned a house down. So we were going to Gavin and Courtney's house and, and we had the fireworks set up and, and, and me and Gavin and Bailey and one of Gavin's friends, we were gonna light the fuses and, and hopefully all four would, would go off at one time and, and we kept trying it. So we had a, a deal, we'd light the fuse and once the fuse got lit, man, you, you had like two seconds to like, you gotta get out of there. So it's like, we want them all alive, light, but we gotta back away. And so we were doing this all night and we never could get all four to go at once. finally, finally, it worked out that all four fuses lit at once and we all, we all backed away and we watched and all four of these things just took off and the loud sound it took and then they just popped all at once bam, 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 bam in the sky and it was incredible. It was incredible and we jumped around. I was like a kid. I was jumping around like I'd won the World Series or something. We were high-fiving each other and we were so ecstatic that we did that and we just marveled at the splendor. Of fireworks. And it just hit me. Oh my gosh. When was the last time I got that excited by the glory and splendor of my Heavenly Father who sent His Son? His Son bled for me and now lives inside of me. And because of that, I am part of that temple along with the rest of you believers that God dwells in us. And we get to come to this place and worship him for eternity. We will be with him. And we have an issue with giving back what he asks us to give to our generous father. So not only do we need to acknowledge him, but we need to adore him. Look at verse 9b. Adore him, says here in verse 9b, from your wealth and from the first of all your produce. Now, this word adore means to love. It implies love. It implies worship. It implies that I truly love my father. See, when people talk about this verse, they get caught up on, well, that's the 10%. Well, I can't do that because the verse says the wealth. It's not when you get rich. It's not when you have enough money. That's not what wealth means. Wealth means substance. It means possession. It means what you already have, what God has already given you. You give from that. See, the problem is, again, it's not about a it giving. It's that do you truly love your father? Do you truly love your father? If you truly loved your father, this wouldn't be an issue. See, I remember when we, I told this story before, but I remember when we, we began tithing, it was a real spiritual movement in our life. Uh, Michelle has led me to believe that we need to tithe. I'm the head of the household spiritually, right? But she said, I, I just believe we need to tithe. And so I'm looking at her and I'm going, we, we, we can't afford it. We can't afford tithing. We just cannot do it. I'm sorry. We're gonna go to church. We're gonna read our Bible. We're gonna do all the stuff that Christians do, but we're not gonna tithe because, oh my gosh, honey, we can't afford it. So I remember one day we, we were having uh, a, a very somewhat heated discussion. Uh, You know, literally we were having an argument, Uh, but I looked at her and I said, okay, here's the deal. We're we're gonna tithe. When I get home, I'm gonna write a check. That was back when you wrote checks. I'm gonna write a check. And and when the the electricity, the lights get turned off, water gets turned off, don't come to me crying because that's what's gonna happen. I told you the spiritual movement. (laughs) Wrote the check, went to church, gave the tithe. Crazy thing happened. The light stayed on. The water stayed on. We were blessed. See, I don't know why. I don't know why God God chose to bless me. Because I wasn't given out of love. I was given to prove a point. Because he loves me. With an everlasting love, he says, I'll take that. And watch what I do. And he did. You see, when we give, it's not, he, he doesn't need it. It's about how much I love him. And he demonstrated that love for us by sending his son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross. Look at what it says here in John 15, 13. He said, greater love has no one than this, that one lay down his life for his friends. So you know the depth of your, how much you love someone by how much you're willing to sacrificially give. Sacrificially giving is a sign of sacrificially loving. When you give to the point that it hurts, you are demonstrating love. God gave the point that it hurt because of how much he loves us. See, when I think about Michelle and I think about our kids and our grandkids, I think about how much I love them and what I would do for them. And you that have children and grandchildren, you would literally give your life for them. You would give your heart, take my heart, my heart is beating, take mine, so your heart can beat, so that you can live. You would do whatever because of how much you love. Sacrificial giving is a sign of sacrificial loving, but yet when it comes to giving to the one who gives life, we have a hard time. So you gotta ask yourself the question, do I really love my father? Do you really love him or is it just words you say because you're a Christian and you're supposed to say it? What are you giving? How much are you sacrificing? So we acknowledge him. We adore him. And then the last point is we appreciate him. Look at what it says here. And I apologize to the screen. I I left off a verse, but the Holy Spirit wanted me to move on. I apologize for that. We appreciate him. Verse 10. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with new wine. This is hard. This This is difficult because... To really appreciate it means that that you're you're telling him thank you for everything he's given to you. For the generosity he's poured into your life. Again, as I'm open with you, there's too many times in my life that I I talk about and I focus on the things that I don't have or we don't have. And I get caught up in worldly things and looking around going, "Why, why can't we just have that if we could just have that? Why don't we not have that instead of going, why, Lord, did you choose to bless me? If you are a believer in Jesus Christ, he gave you eternal salvation. If he gives us nothing more than that, we've been given more than we deserve. But yet so many times we focus on what we don't have. Everything that you have is a gift from God. Every good thing that you have comes directly from him. James 1.17 says this, every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above coming down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. He's given you everything. And all he asks, he says, I want you to give me your best. Just give me your best as I give you all everything. Appreciate him. But this goes into trusting him to truly trusting him. And depending on the Lord with everything that you have. In Proverbs 3, 5, it says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. That trust is, that's where faith comes in. Having faith in your father. Do not lean means to do not lean on your own understanding, but be obedient and to walk with God. God's provision will take place when you're walking in obedience. Obedience equals blessing. Blessing. God's not going to bless you if you're not walking in obedience. He says to walk in that test me, prove me. I have so many stories I could tell of how God has provided for us. And, and I know we could go across the room and you guys could share the same thing. But as I share with you the story, how we began tithing, it was a few years after that, that we were tithing and, and, and giving to the Lord and, and we were still, I mean, we were, we were struggling. We'd, we were one income. Michelle had, had uh, we, we talked about it. She stayed at home and raised our children. Oh, I'm so thankful she raised our children and I didn't. Uh, but she raised our children, had the hardest job in the world. Every time I went to work, it was vacation. I can't believe all the things that she was able to do. I'd come home and she would have dinner ready and then she'd tell me about her day and I'm like feeling like this big, like, wow, okay. And you don't really get paid for that. That that needs to change for all mothers. Y'all have an incredible job, but thank y'all so much for what you do. But we were we were struggling financially. We were on one income, and so we we were praying this one time in particular. And and and, and we were we we sent our tie check in, sent the best first, all of that. What we're supposed to do from our income, from our revenue, as as we're we're commanded to do. But again, out of love and but we were 727, something like that, dollars short to pay our bills with, with no income coming in, no answer. So we just, Michelle wrote down everything and, and, and she circled that number. And we just got down on our knees and, and in by her bed and, and just began to pray earnestly over that. God, you, you provide. You, you do what only you can do, God. And you show us. Let this be a stone in our life that we'll be able to look back and know that you showed up. Got up, praying, crying. The next day, Michelle goes to the mailbox and all of a sudden there's a check from the electric company. Refund. Something crazy. Check from Target. You know, a check from a person in the church going, God laid you guys on my heart. I want to give you this. Within that next week and a half, we collected a quite a few checks, put them all together. <laughs> $727. Only God can do that now. Now, you know, the cynical side of me is like going, man, maybe we, we should ask for more. No. God said, I'll provide your needs. I'll provide your needs, your daily needs. And that's exactly what he did for us. But see, it didn't make sense to us. When we put it down on paper, it doesn't make sense. Every time we put it down, it didn't make sense. We went to counselors to look at our finances. So what do we need to do to help us out? And we've had many not Christian counselors look at us and go, I can solve your your financial problem. We said, tell us, man, that's what we're here for. He goes, you need to stop giving to the church. Well, had he told me that about four years ago, I would have said, see, honey, told you so. But God had already dealt with me. I looked at the guy, I looked at Michelle and said, no, sorry, we're not gonna stop that because he owns everything, he has everything, and I'm definitely not gonna stop that. So thank you very much for your time. And we left. God has continued to meet our needs. We may not know what the next day holds. You may be sitting here today and your finances are just completely shot. Trust him. Step out on faith. Trust him with your finances. Give to him and see what he can do. I love what Malachi 311 says. Pastor is going to speak on this next week, but I just want to share this. Malachi 311 says this. He says, then I will rebuke the devourer for you so that it will not destroy the fruits of the ground, nor will your vine in the field cast its grapes, says the Lord, a host. I love it because it doesn't say, then Russell will rebuke the devourer. It says, then I... We'll rebuke the devourer supernaturally. Our cars have lasted longer. Our clothes have lasted longer. Our finances have stretched farther than we could ever imagine. I can tell you, every time we put our finances on paper, it did not make sense. The only thing that made sense is we have a generous father that says, you give to me and I will blow your mind away how generous I am to you. I will bless you. Walk in obedience and trust me. See, we never knew what that truly meant. When we circled that number and we prayed over it, being able to put that stone down and looking back until later on in life when God led us to help start a nonprofit organization called Kids Beach Club. We were stupid, folks. And when I mean stupid, I was stupid. And Michelle, because she was a credible wife, she came along with me and she was my biggest encourager, my biggest cheerleader. But we literally left the job that was paid with insurance and said, you know what? It's time to go. We're stepping out on faith. There's no payment. There's no money. There's no salary, but there's God. And God told us to go. And so we did the exact same thing. We prayed about it. We came up with a number that we looked at what salary we would need to be able to make it. And I remember taking that number, circling it, we prayed over it just like we did for the $727. And the Lord showed up so big. So we said, why not? He's faithful, he'll never leave us. I remember going to Jack Terrell and saying, Jack, it's time, we're gonna step out on faith and we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna get this thing going. We had a board meeting. We had a board meeting with three guys at that time and Jack and I. And I remember praying with Michelle before the night and I went in and, and we sat down, Jack and I, and we just talked to this board, the board. And we just said, look, it's, it's time. We're gonna do this. Here's the number that God's laid on our heart that we would need just to be able to make ends meet for the remainder of the year. It was for six months. And I looked at the board and I said, look, I'm not asking you to provide this money. I'm asking you to come alongside Michelle and I and pray that God would provide this money. That was on a Wednesday, I still remember it today, I got goosebumps, if you can see my arms, my back right now, came to church, went from church, went to Roadhouse, Sit down at Roadhouse with our children, sitting there getting ready to eat. My phone rings and it's Jack Terrell on the other line and Jack is screaming at me. If you know Jack, you know how he screams on the phone. And he said, Russ Gregory, you sitting down? I said, I sure am, Jack. I'm getting ready to eat. And he goes, well, you're not gonna believe this, but I have the exact dollar amount that you needed for you and your wife to be able to do Beach Club and for you guys to be taken care of. No, 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 no. Hang on a minute. I think you missed that. (laughs) My father, my father, my generous father said, you go and I'll provide. You trust me and I'll take care of everything you need, all of your needs. Not all of my wants, but all of your needs. And how did that start? That started by being obedient all the way back when we gave that first tithe when we began giving to a generous father. And every since then, I can tell you that I, we stepped out on faith, we never missed a paycheck, we never missed an insurance payment, and I guarantee you we never missed a meal. Only my heavenly father, my generous father could do that. Do you know that father? Do you know him? Do you love him? And do you appreciate him? If you do, giving's not a problem. Because he owns it all. He has all of it in control. See, I told you at the beginning of this that this was an opportunity. We're talking about generosity. But the reality is we're talking about your relationship with Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior. We're talking about your Father that loves you. Maybe you're here this morning and and, and you're dealing with financial issues. Come. Come. Pray, seek, ask. Maybe you're here this morning and and maybe you don't know Jesus, your Lord and Savior. You don't understand all about this generosity. Let someone help you. Let someone walk you through. Don't don't leave here being the same as you came in. Your father loves you with an everlasting love and he wants a relationship with you far more than any money you may give him. He wants a relationship with you. I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come down front. In a moment, we're gonna pray. I prayed this morning for the Holy Spirit to move. I know how difficult it is sometimes when you talk about money, but that's a relationship issue. So I'm asking you, if you're here this morning and you're struggling in that area, don't leave, come down front, let us help you. Let us walk with you. Let us lead you by the hand. Let us tell you about Jesus, the Lord and Savior. Father, we love you. We thank you for who you are. Father, you you give us the best. (laughs) Thank you for giving us the best. Thank you for loving us. Thank you for being so generous. Father, I ask right now. Father, you move. You move right now, Father. Don't don't allow them to move out. Allow them to move towards you. Whatever needs that need to be met, don't allow them to leave. Father, if there's anyone here that doesn't know your son as their Lord and Savior, put it upon their heart to make today the day that they accept your son. Father, we love you. We praise your holy name. And we ask all of this in the name of your Son, Jesus, for we can do all things in Him, which strengthens us.